It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends and players, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. And I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. You know what, Wade? I'm still all revved up from our show last week. You know, Gary Player had enough energy to last me a couple days. But you know what? We got to keep that momentum up for our listeners. And this week's guest, I consider the PGA Tour's pop culture reporter. You know why, you ask? He's an award-winning journalist who likes music, he likes to snowboard, and simply just hang with his family when he has the time. A perfect media role model, if you ask me. Amongst a flock of storytellers, this guy certainly stands out. Nice choice for the 80s rock, the pro show. Oh, it's on. Turn it up. You're definitely taking me back with that one. I love it. I love it. Well, and folks, those listening, maybe you guessed it, but our special star is none other than Todd Lewis. He's a host and reporter for the Golf Channel. Todd, welcome to the show on this Friday afternoon. How are you doing? I'm great. Love the Flock of Seagulls intro. That's awesome. Well, I I heard you had a little bit of an affinity for music, so we're going to dig deep today, I think, to try to impress you and and see what we can do, you know, and... uh, I'm glad you like the start. I'm glad you like the start. And, you know, speaking of starts, um, that also implies a finish. And December is one of those months where everybody starts and in the golf channel included, where we start to recap the year. And I'm sure you guys are already talking about this in production meetings. You know, what's the top 10 things uh, that took place in 2020 in golf or whatever the lists may be. But let's start with you, Todd Lewis. You know, what highlights your list of 2020? Well, I mean, unfortunately, it's, it's the thing that is on the front, front lobe of everyone in our society is, is the pandemic and how it interrupted our lives and obviously interrupted golf. Um, but at the same time, if there is a, a silver lining from this black cloud is, is how the PGA Tour reacted. Sure, they took some time off, but at the same time, the tour was able to get back on track and put golf out there for us to absorb and consume um and the players and the caddies bought in on personal responsibility to make sure that they can go out and do that and i sure there were some cases you know a little more than a dozen under 20 included number one in the world dustin johnson getting it tony fino just to name a few um but you know overall it was it was a a tremendous success for the pga tour to make sure that golf was was back out there and one of the first sports to return. That had to be pretty impressive. You know, I, I like what you bring up there when you say that the guys really and the caddies really bought in. You know, it did right. did that happen quickly or, you know, did it take kind of two weeks and that's why they had the, the heritage issue? I mean, it's kind of an interesting, you know, plot line there. Well, first, when we came back, and I, I was the first, one of the first, um, reporters on the scene of the Charles Schwab challenge. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you know, this is a whole new world working with this pandemic and the players and the caddies and officials, everyone uh, on the grounds there, we were just uncertain. And after the testing, uh, I, I think on property initially, you know, we, we followed all the protocols and did everything that we needed to do. 
it's when you left the golf course, you know, how do we react? Do we all just stay in our hotel? We're used to, we're creatures of habit. We go out and have food at a restaurant and, you know, do that, go out and have some, see some friends and so on and so on. So that was, that was an adjustment for everyone. And I think that first week and maybe the second week (laughs) players realized uh, it's a bad idea to leave your hotel um, right now. And I think the PGA tour, made sure that the players and caddies were aware, uh, sending a very poignant email to everyone. And then at that point, it, I think everybody was like, okay, this is serious. Uh, we, we, we have to take personal ownership of our health and ultimately the health of the PGA Tour, and they bought in. Well, there's no doubt they bought in, and, and in all sincerity, I mean, geez, they're the only league that really has had all the players buy in and had – to only have 12 cases or whatever it was, you know, less than 20 cases for the last seven months, I think is really a credit to Jay Monahan's leadership, but also to the players and caddies and what you bring up. And it's funny because we are creatures of habit. And folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Todd Lewis. Todd Lewis is a reporter and works for the Golf Channel, host of Golf Central. You've seen his face a million times when you're listening and following golf. And it's a pleasure to have him here today. And for Todd Lewis... Let's go back in time for a little bit, because you mentioned that creature habit point. So as a journalist, you've always been a journalist. Where did it start, that story? <laughs> well, I, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. All right. I, I, grew up in, I grew up in North Carolina. Um, I grew up with a family that had farming in their life for decades and generations. Uh, I was the first one in my family's history that wanted to and successfully did go to college. Uh, I, I just have always been fascinated by storytelling. Um, and I, I was, I, I got into a small school, UNC Greensboro. That's a wonderful uh, university. And just as soon as I hit the pavement there at UNCG, I, I said, I want to be a broadcast journalist. This is what I want to do. And I, I, and I was just focused on doing it. Um, and from that point on, I just kind of chased the dream and I wasn't going to quit uh, until I got to the level where I felt, sat- felt satisfied. And so I worked in small markets. My first job in television was a weekend sports anchor at WECT in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is an awesome city. Uh, but I'll never forget signing my first contract, and my salary was $15,500 a year. And <laughs> you just move from small market to a medium market to a large market. Ultimately, I landed in Orlando as a sports director and a news anchor, and Golf Channel was obviously in the same city, and they saw me, and we were able to get together, and, and that's where I've been for the last 13-plus years. You know, I I take a look at that story, and certainly I did my research before I got to talk to you today, and it's fascinating to me because along the way, you've had this quiet self-confidence, right? There's There's a very approachable nature to the way that you report stories and you tell stories, and I love that. But behind the scenes, to keep climbing that ladder, you've had to have a really good, strong sense of self-awareness, self-esteem. Where do you think that comes from? Did it come from your parents? Did it come from, you know, small town America, maybe a couple mentors along the way? Um, I, part of it was my upbringing and the fact that um, you know, growing up in a farm, working hard and being dedicated um, is just kind of rooted in me. Um, you know, when when we need to 
gather the crops or milk the cows or, you know, all these things that I've done in my life. Uh, it just has to be done. It's got to get done. And so I guess I was just determined to make this happen. And I just said, hey, I just got to get it done. Um, and believe me, I had so many rejections. Um, but you just need one yes. And, and so when I got that first yes at that small station in Wilmington, North Carolina, I said, okay, I'm going to get rejected again. I just need another yes to get to a larger market and so on and so on and so on. So, yeah, I guess I have a good work ethic. Um, and, and I think that was the biggest part is just having belief, uh, a little bit of craziness and, and, and working hard and just making sure that you, you follow that dream. The worst thing I wanted to do was quit. And find myself in a cubicle and, and ask myself 10 years later, man, did I give it my all? And I think that was the biggest thing. Well, you know, there had to be moments where you were tested, you know, climbing from, you know, one career ladder rung to the next. And I think about this because I've been involved in golf. I'm a PGA professional my whole life. And right. the golf fan is a bit of a fanatic. And I, I think about the transition where, you know, you were the lead sports anchor, um, in Orlando and you know you're probably covering Bay Hill you're covering you know the Walt Disney tournament back in the day and then all of a sudden you make the leap and you jump over to the golf channel I'm curious about that transition because sometimes when people enter the mainstream and then they go into the golf world there's this unique you know kind of transformation or evolution that has to take place and I bet that that's an interesting story in and of itself you know it is and I'm glad you brought that up so while I was working um, as the sports director in Orlando here uh, for the CBS affiliate, I was also working for Fox Sports regionally. Uh, and I covered Super Bowls, Orlando Magic, NBA Finals, uh, you know, college football, national championship game, all that. And, and golf, too. You're right. There, there are a couple of PGA Tour events here in Orlando. So when I made the move to the Golf Channel, I... You talk about being humbled. I thought this was going to be a layup. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm covering golf now. It's not like covering the Super Bowl and so on and so on and so on. Oh, my goodness, was I just shocked. Yeah, I, I walked in there with a high school education when it came to golf, and everyone in that building had a master's degree. And I immediately had to learn so much, uh, much more than I anticipated. Like, I, I had no idea there was a ladies' European tour. Like, what? There is? <laughs> so... You know, and, uh, you know, the protocols and the players and you know, everything that you needed to know to be effective as a journalist, I, I had to I had to learn. I, you know, and look, some of it was by experience and obviously some of it was by research. But, you know, it was it was a little lesson that I learned that you, you can't take anything for granted. Um, you have to make sure that you feed the viewer what they want, because people don't stumble across the golf channel with a destination channel. Um, and they're there for a reason. And that is to be informed and entertain number one network in the business when it comes to golf and that stuff. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and one thing else that there's no doubt about, folks, we have a treat today. We have Todd Lewis, and I, I consider him golf's generational journalist in many ways. And what I mean by that is that I love having you here today because you are an effective storyteller in the game of golf. And one of the things I, I kind of always, as a PGA professional, try to take this macro look at the game or our ecosystem is that Golf caters to five different generations. And you and I are about the same age, so we're kind of stuck in the middle. So we have to relate to those that are older than us and those that are younger than us. 
And, you know, I brought it up in the intro. I mean, you like to snowboard. You like music. Um, you're you're a well-rounded guy, right? I don't know if you realize how well you bridge this gap, but to me and to my listeners and those that follow the show, I think you're kind of a perfect fit to our, you know, our pop culture world here uh, on the pro show. And, you know, do you see that as well? Or am I just bringing that up? Am I crazy? Or, you know, I, I think you do a very unique job. Uh, I won't speak to your sanity, uh, but I, I don't really, I, I don't really see myself as someone who intentionally tries to do that. I believe me, there. I, I, hey, I, I don't own a TikTok account, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. So I, I, I just am being me. I think that that's the biggest thing is that you know you treat people. When I say people, I guess in my business, the players because they are the number one draw. You treat them with respect and making sure that you have a good relationship with them. Also, understanding that you, know, you should easily have knowledge of their game and the game. Um, and, and secondly, you know, this, this, is, this is a job, I get it, but at the same time, this is fun. Um, so make sure you, you, you do have a positive relationship with all of those that you encounter, whether it's, I mean, I just try to take that in life, and, and you know, and I just... And that's as simple as that. You know, me snowboarding and me being in rock bands back in my day and so on and so on. I think that just kind of shapes your personality as someone that you, you just want to move and mold all the time. And, and I think that makes you relatable to everyone. And that it's it's not on purpose that I'm trying to do that. I'm just, just trying to be me. Well, I tell you what, you do a great job at being you. And I think that, you know, if folks would rewind that back and they would listen to that. You know, positive relationships with people are so important. And I bet at times when you first got out there now, you started with the Golf Channel back in 08. Um, those first couple trips out there on the PGA Tour, um, just starting with the guys, what was it like to get to know a Dustin Johnson or a Phil Mickelson? Well, I am very fortunate in the fact that microphone flag that I hold, the golf channel and NBC, it, it carries weight. Um, so I have an advantage there. Um, and I, I know they're probably going to treat me a little better than they would treat. I shouldn't say better. That's the wrong word. Differently, differently than they would treat others. Because in a lot of ways, I am responsible uh, in them being on the air and for the players in some capacities, you know, they want to make sure that their brand is seen in a positive light, and their sponsors are seen in a positive light. So I get that. that. That's kind of a little bit of a foundational thing. But at the same time, over the years, I've learned that the relationship actually starts when I'm not in front of them, but when I am on the air, because you have to be respected by these guys that you cover. So you know, I, I'm, I make sure that everything that I do is appropriate and informative, um, and, and they watch, and believe me, their wives watch more because you're talking about their guy. <laughs> and if they watch and they say, hey, you know what, this is a guy I like and I respect covering the PGA Tour, covering the world's best tournaments, then they're going to feel a little more comfortable in front of you. Um, and then at that point, it's, you know, repetition, getting in front of these guys, um, establishing a positive relationship uh, in all kinds of circumstances, and, and going from there. Look, I... Uh, my relationship is never tested when a player shoots 66. It's tested when the player has the lead heading into the final day and shoots 76. And that is when you want to hear from him, and he gives you time to talk about his disappointment, but at the same time is honest and candid about it. That's when your relationship is tested. It's always tested in times of turbulence. Well, there's no doubt that's what sets you apart. 
And that's what's made you so successful for 12 years there and and certainly will make you successful going forward. But speaking of going forward, I got to take a quick break here for the sponsors. Could you hold on for just a second? Sure. All right, folks, it's 3.16 p.m. here in New York and Mayakoba, Mexico, for those playing on the PGA Tour. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with more from Golf Channel's sensational storyteller, Todd Lewis. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Springdale Golf Club is proudly celebrating 125 years of rich history in the heart of Princeton, New Jersey. With our walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn designed course, Springdale beautifully makes its mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Combined with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management, Springdale is further elevating our commitment to our members. Just last year, our members seasoned their game, teeing off on Troon managed courses in Texas, Arizona, and even as far as Hawaii and the UK. The benefits of being part of the Springdale family extends far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments happening at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun and you're listening to ESPN 920. She's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. And we're about to begin the back nine with our guest Todd Lewis. But before we do that, how about some more music to set the stage for the weekend ahead? I love this classic music mood you've got going today, Wade. Hey, everybody, it's Friday. The weekend's here. Enjoy the music. The pro show is meant to inspire. Sing along. If you're in the car by yourself, just do it. Just turn the volume up. Let's go. Everybody together. Come on. Tell me, did you sail across the sun? Did you make it to the Milky Way to see the lights all faded? And then heaven is overrated. Tell me, did you fall for a shooting? All right, all right, all right. All right. I could have got lost there for a minute, so. All right, Todd, are you enjoying your visit to the pro show today? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, man. Well, so, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, I am the director of fun, you know, or at least that's my um, on-air personality here, although it, you know, it, it finds its way into my everyday life more so than my probably my wife likes. But um, anyway, the uh, a little uh, drops of Jupiter there for you from train and uh, a yep. little flock of seagulls earlier today just to have some fun. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, and I brought it up there talking about my wife real quick. You know, being a media professional and you talk about travel and, you know, this week you're home and you're not in Mexico, but, you know, you travel a bunch. And it, it seems to me like, you know, when we follow you on social media, that you have a very well-rounded lifestyle. And, you know, how do you how do you work that, you know, you know, career life balance so well? 
It's difficult. I mean, it's it's not as easy as you made it sound. I mean, I'm I'm on the road probably. Well, this year's not a good example, but you know, next year I'll, I'm anticipating being on the road probably 25 to 30 full weeks. I'm talking Monday to Sunday in one year. Um, so that's at least half the year I'm in a hotel room. Um, so I have to have a very supportive wife uh, who, who's, you know, we've been together for 11 years. I was doing this prior to us getting married, so it's not like this is a shock. She used what she was getting into, but she's very supportive and making sure that everything here in Orlando where I live uh, is functioning in a positive way from our household, uh, which includes our four-year-old daughter, um, Addison. And I guess that's, that's kind of the toughest part is being a FaceTime father for me right now. Uh, my daughter is, you know, blossoming into a wonderful little human. And, you know, and I missed her first words. I missed her first steps. Um, so that's, that, that, that can be tough. That's, that's the tough thing that I am sacrificing um, with this job. But, um, but we try to make it work as much as possible. They, they travel with me sometimes on the road um, if their schedule will allow. Uh, as a matter of fact, three of the last four years, they've uh, been with me to Hawaii to open up the, the year for the first two events in Hawaii, in Maui and Honolulu, but not happening this year because of COVID. So, you know, we try to make it work, but it's definitely not as easy as people think. Well, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of the human side with us. I'm, I'm sure there's listeners out there that, you know, think about having a career in broadcasting. And it's, it's good to, you know, kind of for all of us to tell the full story. And speaking of the full story, um, I came across something and, and I got to have you tell this story because I, I think that um, anyone that was an aspiring broadcaster would want to know that there's good days and bad days and there's fun moments. And then there's moments where you just kill it and you hit every mark and you walk away and, and you feel like you're on cloud nine. But one of the stories I came across that really made me laugh, and I, and I think that my listeners would really appreciate it, was out in San Diego with Tiger Woods. And if you could take it from there, um, you know, maybe it was about eight years ago or so or a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, you recorded an interview with him in the parking lot. <laughs> that was a wild scene. Uh, so, yeah, it was the Torrey Pines, uh, Farmers Insurance Open, and Tiger had at the time, this is pre-back spinal fusion surgery, uh, continued to, to have issues. Um, and he was playing, and there was a, there was a fog delay, actually. And he, after warming up, he stood by the putting green waiting for the horn to blow so they could start, and they, they finally started. And I was on the live broadcast coverage uh, in charge of interviews. And I think Tiger played, I'm going up memory here, four or five holes, and then shockingly just left the golf course he's pulling out so obviously he's the biggest name in golf some say the biggest in sports and so you're trying to find him and he lands in the parking lot he's putting stuff away in his car and his agent is out there and there's a rush of media around and his agent says all right tiger's taking no questions and so we kind of back off and our cameras leave but then tiger shockingly turns around and says i'll take a few questions and so when that happens I mean, it's just full force around Tiger, and I'm there, and I'm ready to ask him questions, but my camera, hearing his agent saying he's not taking questions, had left. So, you know, hard to do TV without a camera. Uh, so I listened to what Tiger had to say. Uh, we went to commercial, and I'm talking to my producer, and I'm like, we get our camera back, and Tiger had already left the parking lot. And I said, um, I can tell you what he said, but we don't have anything on camera. He's like, okay, okay. 
we're, we're coming to you three, two, one. And Tiger, well, they come to me and they said, yeah, I'm standing in front of Tiger's empty parking spot. Uh, spot and they said, Todd, well, you had a chance to talk to Tiger. What's going on? And he said, well, the problem with his back is that his glutes didn't fire. And you're sitting there talking about, again, the greatest player of this generation. I'm talking about his butt. <laughs> and I'm saying it on national TV. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reciting what he said to me. Uh, but it was just quite right. Yeah, his, glute, his glutes didn't fire, and that was the big problem with Tiger, and that ultimately led to his demise today, and he's pulled out of this tournament. And it was just, you know, yeah. It, it, the broadcast team led by my friend Terry Gannon, he was like, glutes didn't fire. We, you know, he, Terry's, Terry was on the North Carolina State National Championship team in basketball, uh, and he's been around athletics his whole life. He's like, I've never heard that. <laughs> And so it was just odd, but it was kind of the circus atmosphere that, that is following Tiger Woods um, that continues today. Hey, folks, I mean, you got to take it all in. It, that's I, I came across that story and, and you had to tell it. And, you know, folks, we're talking to an AP award winning journalist here. All right. So his name is Todd Lewis and he's golf's definitely his there our special storyteller. And one of the special things we like to do on this show to get to know our guests even just a little bit better past maybe your music interests is that we like to do a little rapid fire Q&A. So if you're up for a little fun this morning or um, this afternoon, can we uh, ask you a couple of quick questions? Uh, sure. I don't know how rapid it will be, but go ahead and fire. All right. Here we go. If you could play golf with one person, man or woman, of all time, who would you choose and it's not a family member? Jesus. Jesus. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, man can do miracles. I mean, I, I, I yeah. This, yeah I, wouldn't hit, I, I have to believe that I would not hit any water hazards that day if I'm playing alongside Jesus, don't you think? I, you know what? I didn't even think about that point, but I, I would have a lot of questions for Jesus. So I, you are the man. All right, here we go. What, one place you would love to take your family on a trip once you can. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah man, that's a tough question. I've been a lot of places. Um, I want to go to Portugal. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Longtime Orlando resident on a scale of one to ten. Rate your Disney knowledge. Oh my goodness! Uh, probably eight. <laughs> We're annual pass holders. I'm there all the time with my daughter. I got I, any any princess you want to name. I got them all down. <laughs> well, with a four year old daughter named Addison, I'm sure you are right in the thick of it. So, um, well, we'll let that go. Uh, when you sing karaoke, what song do you choose? I got two go to uh, songs. Uh, one is "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. That. That's generally, everybody knows that song. That's a crowd favorite. And the other is Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Sweet Child of Mine. Can we get a verse? Um, if you're trying to coach me into seeing this uh, on the radio, it's through a phone. It's not going to sound very great. I nah. can try. Go for it. Go for it. No place in the dead too long. Probably break down my eye. That was awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being a good sport. All right. Favorite... So much grief for that. Oh man. Well, you know, I, I, I have a lot of sources. So um favorite You know what's interesting about that song, by the way, quickly, is Go ahead. That, I, that that is the lullaby. I sing it in a very soft acoustic version to my daughter. I've been doing that for years and now she knows the words. I've sung it so many times. Oh man. That I mean that's 
it's special in so many ways. And that's how music kind of like transcends all all parts of life, which yeah. is cool. All right. Um, if you could be a character in any movie, who would it be? Oh, that's a very good question as well. Um, I don't know the character's name. Oh, I do know it. it's Crash Davis from Bull Durham, the Kevin Costner. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. You know, the, the character that Kevin Costner played, uh, I, I, I thought he was great in that movie. I, I would be that character. That is Crash Davis is a, is a great answer to that. All right. Favorite character on the family guy. <laughs> uh, man, that's a, that's a, that's a one in one a between Stewie and Brian. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'm partial to Stewie since my last name is Stuart. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Um, least favorite job to do on a farm. It is after milking the cows, you have to clean up after them. Ooh. And yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. Fair enough. All right. And one, then we milk 200 cows a day, twice a day. Describe your 2020 in one word. Challenging. Well, you know what, Todd Lewis, you have been anything but challenging today. You've been a fantastic guest. I can't thank you enough for joining me on Springdale Golf Live and the pro show. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Keith. I, I cannot wait to for you to put that me singing out on Twitter. Oh my God. What have I done? I'll be respectful. I'll be respectful for sure. (laughs) All right. Speaking of respect, folks, I've got to give my shout out to my sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, and F.H. Wadsworth. Wade Weezer, my man on the board, Springdale Board of Governors, and Troon Golf Management. Most importantly, you know I love my listeners. Folks, I'm headed to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from New York to Philadelphia, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the tee next Friday at three with Keith Stewart and Springdale Golf Live.